Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good early Saturday morning, fans and lovers of liberty. Listeners to the Truth Hurts program, my name is Steve Z, and it is 5.30 in the morning on Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. They might as well just take 2021 off of all dates and leave it as 2020 Section B, because this year is turning out to be just as crappy as last year, especially if you're continuing to listen to the hype, the BS, and all the political rhetoric being spewed. You would think Donald Trump is still in office and they're still trying to find a way to get rid of him. Newsflash, liberals. Newsflash, leftist media. Newsflash, Democrats. He's gone. He is out of office. He served his entire full first term as your president of the United States, despite four and a half years of your plotting and planning. Despite four and a half years of Russian collusion hoaxes, of phony FISA court dossiers, of investigation after investigation after investigation, you could not get him out of office. You lost, Democrats. And like the sore losers you are, you are now going to try to impeach him for a second time. Remember, the first impeachment was acquitted, so it does not count. You media types can run around and you Democrats can run around and say, he was the first president ever to be impeached twice. Wrong. He was innocent of the first fake impeachment scam. So it doesn't count. It's gone. It went away. And the second one, he's not the president anymore. Anymore? Anymore. Sorry, it's early. He is not your president anymore. He has finished out and served. Key word here, folks. He served his full four-year term. He would have served his second term, but you cheating bastards out there, well, I won't go into that. That's a whole nother show, and we've probably done it 20 times. There's no need. So you need to now, if you're a liberal, if you're a leftist, if you're a Democrat, if you're a communist sympathizer, a Marxist, a socialist in this country, you need to look in the mirror right now. I know it's ugly. It's got to be ugly. You need to go run to your nearby mirror. You need to look deep into your own eyes, reflection in that mirror. And you need to say, we failed. We failed miserably. We spent four years of our nation's history plotting and planning and scheming to try and unseat a duly elected president. And after all of our efforts, after all of our own democratic collusion with bad actors from the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and bad actors in the media and in politics, we failed. 
we did not do our job because we were not good enough. And now, the game is over. The clock has run out. The fans have left the stands. They're in their cars. They're headed back home. They're going home to cook supper and do laundry and get the kids' homework done. That's what the fans are doing now. And now, you want to call everybody back onto the field, especially the opposing team that you can't stand. You want to call Donald Trump team. You want to call the Patriot and Liberty team back onto the field, even though the game is over, and you now want to try and shave points off the game. You now want to say, we're going to impeach you anyway. It's useless. It makes no sense whatsoever. It is a complete, utter, total waste of taxpayer dollars. I thought Joe Biden, your new president, called for unity. I thought Joe Biden, your new president, the titular head of the Democrat Party, said unity. That means let's come together and forget about all that other stuff. Oh, that's right. He is leader in name only. We know who the real leader is, and he's sitting somewhere in his multi-billionaire basement at some obscure point in the country, some obscure place. And Big George is calling the, sl the shots. Big George is pulling the strings. Biden is a puppet, just like Walter is. Walter, you know the puppet on Jeff Dunham? the ventriloquist, the grumpy old dummy Walter, who's always got his arms folded and a scowl on his face and a squint in his eyes because he can't see, but he's too vain to put on a pair of specs. Yeah, Walter. If you get a few minutes later today, just go on the internet and look up Walter Jeff Dunning, Dunham, sorry, it's Dunham. Jeff Dunham, Walter, Joe Biden comparison. I'm telling you, right down to when you zoom in, you'll see the strings on Joe Biden being pulled by George Soros and his organization. You'll see all of the people at the top pulling his strings like a marionette puppet. Joe Biden might actually, I doubt it, but in his older age, he might actually not be such a bad guy. But those pulling his strings, those with their hands up his ass, working his mouth as he st st stammers and st st stutters, those people are truly evil. Those are the people we need to watch out for. And those are the people like Camel Toe Harris, who can't wait for him to do or say something really stupid so they can walk in and say, okay, Joe, it's time for you to go now. And you'll either resign or we'll invoke the 25th Amendment and tell everybody just how effed up you really are. So that she, Camel Toe Harris, can jump into the presidency. They've lied and lied about Camel Toe Harris, claiming she's the first Blafrican-American AA 13% minority to ever be the vice president. If she's an African-American, then I'm an African-American. And I bees knowing I ain't bees no African-American, you heard? Sorry. It's early. 
We're heading west this morning in the old 250 Ford pickup truck. And we're uh, heading to the Texas border this morning. Take a look at another piece of damaged property. Another victim of Hurricane Laura. But that's a story for a later time. But I figured I'd pick up the old microphone at the front seat of the old F-250 this morning and just chat with you folks. Those Army National Guardsmen, some 26,000 of them that were shipped unceremoniously to Washington, D.C. to erect giant metal gates and fences around the Capitol and the White House to protect Gropey Joe and Democrat senators and congressmen, and I guess Republicans too, they get defended by default. They were not needed. They were totally and completely there for political showmanship. Nancy Pelosi, who doesn't have any authority, by the way, to call in the National Guard, she has no authority to do so. That's the President Donald Trump's job. And he did call for some National Guard troops because he wanted to make sure everybody knew that the Republicans, the conservatives, the common sense party, did not incite violence at the Capitol, did not foment insurrection, did not cause any of the anarchy on January 6th. Yes, Nancy Pelosi, congressional Democrats, Biden, Harris, and all of their plotters and planners, they got together and they said, we're going to line up these soldiers and we're going to take pictures with them. And yes, there are some Democrats in the ranks of our military. So sorry, you haven't figured it out yet. The Democrats don't like you very much, soldiers. The Democrats don't like you very much, sailors. The Democrats don't like you very much, grunts. The Democrats don't like you very much, coasties, airmen. They just don't like you. They never have. Notice the way they, who love to tax and spend and spend and spend and spend and spend some more, notice how they love to cut military budgets while they take more money away from you and give them to, oh, I don't know, the homeless, the so-called poor, you know, the people who sit out on the street corners at three and four in the morning drinking malt liquor, smoking doobies, and laughing because part of your paycheck is going to the tax system that pays them welfare, food stamps, WIC, SNAP, SSI supplemental income, gives them free housing in Section 8, which is much better than where you're staying in your barracks or in a tent on a cot, or in the case of the recent call-up to Washington, D.C., sleeping out in an ice-cold parking garage floor because they don't want your grimy grunt asses in the Senate cafeteria. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida did something very wise. He said, this is bullshit. 
I'm ordering all of my Florida National Guardsmen home now. And he put an order in place since the National Guard worked for the governors. He called his troops home. I wonder if Texas's governor would have the balls to do the same. We know Louisiana's governor, John Tinkerbell Edwards, will just be kissing the ass of Gropy Joe and Camel Toe, and of course Nasty Nancy. He won't call the troops home. Nope, he doesn't have the balls. Governor Ron DeSantis said in his statement, you are soldiers. You are not servants of Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. You're just not. So come home, ladies and gentlemen, where we appreciate you. Speaking of misspoken words, because I just said Nancy instead of Nancy, but it's actually appropriate, a, Floyd, a Freudian slip. Sorry, it's early. Chuckles the Clown Schumer, the old wrinkled guy who loves to look over the top of his glasses like an old school teacher who's heard you say something about him under your breath and he's peering at you over the top of his glasses. Chuckles Schumer said yesterday at a press conference that we will be moving forward because Donald John Trump Donald John Trump is, in his opinion, guilty of inciting an erection. Chuck, I had no idea you were that kind of guy. Listen, Donald Trump's a handsome fella. But if he incited your erection, that's a personal matter, and it should not be taken up in the U.S. Senate. There's no call for impeaching a former president because he got you a little randy. There's no need, Chuck Schumer, for you to impeach President Trump. If he got you a little hard, if he got you excited, if he incited your erection, well, that's a problem. And we all know that you've been at this for months, at least weeks. And you know what they say about an erection that lasts more than four hours, Chuck Schumer? Perhaps you need to go and see your doctor. If your erection lasts more than four hours because you were incited or excited by Donald Trump, then you need to see your doctor, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> I think it's funny. He, of course, corrected himself quickly. And all the memes are out about Chuck Schumer and him saying of erection. One guy actually put slanted eyes, squinty slanted eyes on a picture of Chuckles Schumer and said, it's election, not erection. Of course, it's out of context because Chuck Schumer's talking about impeaching former President Donald Trump for inciting the riot on January 6th at the Capitol. Even though scores of people arrested had ties to Antifa, had ties to BLM, had ties to NFAC, and other subversive leftist political organizations. Hey, this is the morning Saturday edition of the Truth Hurts program. Sorry if I sound a little scattered today, folks, but I'm driving and it's getting close to six o'clock hour now in the morning. 
I'm just a little bit tired, you heard? We'll be right back. This next segment is about all you hypocrites out there. Especially those of you who think it's a wonderful idea that Joe Biden pulled out his magic pen and signed well over a dozen executive orders in his first half day in office. He's like that teacher who came in and wants to be completely different than the teacher that was there before. Right? The other teacher was engaging and cared about the students. This guy's only worried about one thing, numbers, his numbers. To hell with your numbers, to hell with my numbers. It's just about how many changes he can make in his first day in the classroom. Such a shame, Joe Biden. As you know, he stroked the pen and immediately halted the permit for the Keystone XL Energy Pipeline. Remember, Joe Biden was talking about how he's going to improve our relations with other nations. He's already managed to piss off Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, our closest neighbor and trading partner. He's managed to piss them off already. Remember, Canada, like the United States, has spent hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, in the construction of the Keystone XL Energy Pipeline. They've got their part almost 100% done. And cutting off our end of the pipeline basically means they built a giant tube for nothing. Gropy Joe Biden, in doing so, has cost Canada tens of thousands of jobs, both direct and indirect, related to the pipeline. and. All of the wonderful plans of sending their shale oils down to places like Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Texas for refining? Down the toilet. Now they'll have to do it the way they've been doing it. By trucks. By trains. Folks, there is a much, much, much larger, higher chance of an accident involving a tanker load, a train cars load, multiple train cars, derailing because some jackleg decides to go out onto an intersection at three in the morning after drinking a few, than there is for oil to simply flow through a pipeline that does not go through any major metropolitan areas, doesn't adversely affect anyone, will be closely monitored by the Department of Energy. Nope. He shut it down, Joe Biden did. He shut it down. He put tens of thousands of Americans out of work, not to mention those tens of thousands of Canadians out of work. And I'll tell you something, folks. This is not a $7.25 an hour job. Being a professional welder, a pipe fitter, an engineer, an architect, planners and schedulers, construction foreman building the platforms for the pipeline all of the engineering all of the design all of the acquisition of land all of the procurement of supplies those are not minimum wage jobs so Biden doesn't care because they only care on the left 
about the so-called poor, about the underserved. I used to call them underprivileged or freeloaders, but they were out there in their political correct arena saying underprivileged is not the correct term because white people have privilege. So they wouldn't be underprivileged, they would be unprivileged. So they changed the word because we're all supposed to be serving one another, right? Unity and service is what they're calling for. And some people get served more than others. You're absolutely right. The so-called poor, the welfare queens, those sitting home, collecting, 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 collecting food stamps and welfare and free housing and every possible government handout. More money if you have more kids and keep those kids on welfare. You know the types. I don't need to describe them. You know who they are. And I'm not being racist here because there are white trash doing the same thing. There are double A 13% hyphenated American minorities out there doing the same thing. There are Latinos and Latinas doing the same thing. There are Pakis and Iraqis and Indians, both dot and feather. Very, very few Asians, though. Asians have more pride than to take charity. Anywho, what I'm, my point is, those people out there working their asses off in the 90 degree heat during the summer and the 15 and 20 degree cold in the winter, working hard to keep America energy independent, working hard to keep your gasoline and diesel prices relatively low. They're all out of work now. At least those welders and pipe fitters and engineers and technicians working on the Keystone Pipeline. Thank God Joe Biden stopped there. Sorry, he didn't. He also canceled all of the brand new leases in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge for drilling of oil. Another thousands of jobs. High paying oil field drilling personnel. Highly paid. Well, they're overpaid because they're nothing but oil field trash, Steve Z. No, you're wrong. They're paid highly. Just like the clowns in Detroit that are building your cars. $80 an hour to put four screws in a car because they're a member of a union. Kiss my ass. Yes, those highly paid, skilled workers. We're not talking about whopper floppers. We're not talking about the fry guy at your local fast food joint. We're talking about skilled, certified welders. We're talking about architects, you know, people with degrees in architecture and engineering. That's who we're talking about, people. And they're out of work too now, thanks to the mighty pen of gropey Joe Biden. But it doesn't stop with the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge, nope. The lifeblood of America's economy is oil and natural gas, and it always has been since the 1920s. 100 years we have powered the nation out of states like Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, with offshore oil, clean, relatively safe in the grand scheme of things, with the thousands and thousands 
probably hundreds of thousands of oil wells drilled both onshore and offshore in this country, you had what? You had a tanker called the Exxon Valdez that went wonky. That was decades ago. And what came out of it? Requirements for safer double-hulled oil tankers. That's what came out of it. You had the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. What came out of it? Stringent, strict requirements for building and maintaining offshore oil platforms. You make a mistake, you learn for, from it, and you pay for the results of that mistake. The BP oil company and its partners literally paid billions and billions of dollars in reparations. Ooh, did I use the R word? Yes, reparations for a true crime that they could be directly linked to. But Joe Biden doesn't care because one of the strings that is being pulled on the puppet known as Joe Biden is being pulled by the far left wacko environmental wing of the Democrat Party, namely by one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the bartender. Because someone put an idea in her feeble little mind that oil is bad. As she tweets on a phone made from 90% petroleum oil or a laptop made from 88% of petroleum oil. You can't live without oil. Every piece of plastic that you're dealing with is oil related. Every piece of steel that you are dealing with was forged in an oil-fired furnace. The metro bus that you take, mass transit, runs on oil, gasoline or diesel, and has tires made from, you guessed it, oil. They don't make tires from that rubber tree plant anymore. Natural rubber went away decades ago in the manufacture of tires. But Gropey Joe, with the stroke of his mighty pen, as I said, he killed the Keystone Pipeline first, then he killed drilling in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge, secondly, and now a moratorium on all new offshore oil drilling in the Gulf of Mexico and in any other federally controlled body of water. He's done it to you, folks. Already the price of gasoline and diesel has increased in some states by as much as 40 cents per gallon. Right here in Louisiana, where we drill for it, refine it, produce gasoline and diesel out of it, the prices have gone up almost 25 cents since the day before inauguration. I'm sorry since the day of the evil capital riots. The minute he was certified as your new resident and Cameltoe was certified as your new vice resident, the prices started inching higher. And if Biden gets his way in his proposed budget, in his proposed $1.9 trillion spending plan, 
that is supposed to be helping people around the coronavirus issue, I can promise you gasoline prices will rise considerably. But why, Steve? What does gasoline prices have to do with coronavirus? <clears throat> so glad you asked. You see, those clerks working at that convenience store generally make seven, ten, eight, nine, ten dollars an hour. They're not highly skilled workers like architects or engineers. They're cashiers at a convenience store. It's the only job they can get. They don't get paid very well, but that's the job they chose. And if Joe Biden raises your minimum wage as part of the $1.9 trillion Wuhan China Novocoronavirus pandemic stimulus package, the convenience stores that sell your gas to you, the gas stations, the truck stops, they're going to have to raise prices to compensate for the loss in profits that they will see as a result of the doubling of minimum wage. And it's not, as I've said in the past, not just, it's not just the minimum wage people who are going to be seeing a raise. If you're currently making $10 an hour, poof, you'll be magically making at least 15 under the new proposal. If you're making $13.75 an hour right now, poof, you're automatically going to give, be given a raise to minimum wage when minimum wage goes to 15 Now let's say you're making $15 an hour now, and the reason you're making $15 an hour now is because you are more skilled, more experienced than the minimum wage people make in $7.25. Are you going to be happy knowing now that the guy doing the grunt work for $15 an hour is making the same thing you are making? No, no, no. If his pay rate is doubled, then of course you're going to want your pay rate to be doubled. It's a society thing, y'all. I can't be making $15 an hour if that's the minimum wage. Hell, you were happy this month to have a job making $15 an hour. You thought you were doing twice as good as someone on minimum wage at $7.25, right? You thought $15 an hour that you were making in your semi-skilled or lower-level management job proved to your parents, to your former high school teachers, that you were making double the minimum wage. You were making $15 an hour, and that was something to be damned proud of. But now everybody will start at minimum wage, $15 an hour. And now you have dropped out the bottom. You are now minimum wage. Well, you can't have that. Oh, hell no. Y'all finna give me a raise. I'm finna walk out of here. Why should I keep doing all this heavy lifting, all this hard skilled work when I'm making the same thing that that dude over there making for flipping whoppers and fries? You will be demanding a substantial increase to your rate of pay. I don't blame you. I don't blame you one damn bit. Well, if you're going to go from 15 to $30 an hour, your boss, the manager, the guy who runs the show, who was making $30 an hour, well, guess what? He's going to need an increase as well. Because why should he shoulder the burden 
of all of the employment-related issues, the paperwork, the stress, people hounding him for numbers, the corporate office bullshit that goes on in companies for $30 an hour, which is what he's made and been damn proud of, when now his top grunts are making $30 an hour because their pay was doubled due to gropey Joe Biden's doubling of the minimum wage. So now your $30 an hour manager is going to think he's worth $60 an hour. He's certainly not going to be happy if he goes from 30 to 35 or even 40 because you see there was this percentage difference between the minimum wage guy and his shift leader and that was about eight bucks an hour difference and there was a difference between that guy who was making 15 and your 30 that was a $15 an hour difference and now you at $30 an hour are going to demand 60 it's only fair when you look at percentages and it goes on and on and on and the companies that make the goods that provide the services they are going to have zero choice but to raise the price of their goods and of their services exponentially that's the way economies work it's the way economics 101 teaches you in a capitalist society which we are which the Democrats don't want us to be anymore this is all the key here folks you'll figure it out soon enough in a capitalist society the idea is the persons who work harder the persons who are innovative the persons who design engineer and invent newer and better things are rewarded for their hard work they are rewarded for their ingenuity and for their efforts with pay increases you shouldn't just get a pay increase because and it shouldn't be an immediate doubling for God's sake listen I know and you know we all know that seven dollars 25 cents an hour is not enough to sustain a family but minimum wage was never designed for Lakeisha Tyrone Juarez Tony Gary Susie to survive and raise a family on minimum wage is a training wage it is to get you into the workforce into that whopper flopper job into that donut flipping job into that french fry guy job so that you can learn a skill and prove to your boss that you might be i don't know more intelligent more valuable harder working than the rest of the minimum wage trainees instead of just weeding out the lower of the low end they reward you by giving you a raise and a shift leader job if you're worthy it shouldn't be based on the color of your skin or what street you live on if you work hard and you are intelligent and you do the job then you get a raise and if you don't then you shop your skill set to another company after you've proven yourself worthy and they don't recognize your talents you move on if you're intelligent yes Joe Biden wants to double the current federal minimum wage overnight with the stroke of a pen this will force many small businesses out of business and that's okay too because Democrats don't really like small businesses 
They would love it if they could just have everyone shop at Walmart, Home Depot, and get everything they need at just two government-sponsored stores. That way they could put all the small businesses under, not have to worry about those cumbersome regulations of all of the individual small businesses. They could just levy giant fines against the big companies over and over and over again for this violation or that violation. And yet those companies continue to support people like Gropey Joe and Camel Toe. Maybe there's some backroom kickbacks that you and I aren't privy to. Who knows? So he'll double the minimum wage, putting many, many companies out of business, putting many, many employed workers on the streets because, hell, if I've got to double my payroll dollar output and I don't get to realize any additional employees for my efforts, I'm cutting my staff in half. That means those of you who still desire to work have nothing to bitch about because you'll be doing double the work now for you double your pay. Seems fair. If you're going to go from $7.25 an hour to $15 an hour, I will expect you to work harder. You're going to earn your minimum wage. That's racist. Of course it's racist. Everything's racist in your eyes, Democrats. Everything is part of systemic racism. But you forget, there are far far many more white folks on minimum wage than there are black folks and that's simply because of something called demographics. There are far far many more white folks in the country than there are double A hyphenated black African American 13% minorities. Simple math will tell you there are more white folks on minimum wage than any other group simply by virtue of the fact that there are more white folks than the others combined. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Hi there, it's Steve Z, your host of the Truth Hurts program. If you want to contact us, our Twitter handle is at Hertz Program. That's the at sign, Hertz Program, on Twitter. If you have an idea, a comment, or an opinion you wish to share with the Truth Hurts Program, drop us an email at thetruthhurtsprogram at gmail.com. And make it a great day. I got a text message yesterday from a listener to the Truth Hurts program, a new listener. Thank you, by the way, for your joining the growing number of people who listen to this podcast. I only have one way of measuring the metrics of how many people actually listen to this podcast, and that's on the Anchor.fm app. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Spotify, or any of the other the eight platforms upon which this program is aired. I want to thank you very much, but I have no way of knowing exactly how many of you there are. Because I'm not too smart about that kind of stuff. Anyway, I got a text message from a new listener who got my text info from an old listener. 
said, hey, really love your program. You do things that I think the larger radio talk show hosts would not be able to do because the FCC would certainly find a reason to do bad things to them. And it's true. If this were a broadcast radio program, some of the things I say and some of the things I do would probably land me with a pretty hefty FCC fine for violating this nuance and that rule and this little regulation. But this ain't broadcast, boys and girls. This is a podcast. And thanks to the magic of the FCC not being able to regulate podcasts like they do broadcasts, I get to say whatever the hell I want whenever the hell I want to say it. And that's the truth. (laughs) And to some people out there, the truth hurts. Another text said, Steve, I hear you referring continuously to the double A, 13% Blafrican American minority. Are you talking about black folks? Are you talking about those who can use the N-word, but the rest of us can't? Very perceptive of you, listener. 13% is the supposed representation of the population of those who identify themselves now as African American, but prior to that they identified themselves as black, as in Black Panthers. Get it? Sometimes and several times I've actually played the clips on this show there have been people who think they're trying to be politically correct who start to say black and then in the middle of saying black they switch to African Americans so it comes out but that guy is African American so I've shortened it to use their own terms against them black African American 13% again is supposedly their representative percentage of the U.S. population. And double A, double A is African American. So, I've combined them all to be the 13% double A Blafrican American or hyphenated American. Because, let's face it, if you're Italian and American. You're an Italian-American. Now, you don't run around saying that. Hi, I'm Mike. I'd like to describe myself to you. I'm, uh, I am, I'm an uh, Italian-American. If you're from Ireland, you don't identify yourself as Irish-American. Nope, they lump you all into a 13% majority known as whitey, cracker, Caucasian, White breed, white supremacist. So that's the answer to that question. Oh, and speaking of white supremacists, some clown in the Biden administration, and I'm driving, so I can't, I don't, I apologize, I don't have the ability to research this while I'm driving. I don't have a laptop computer set up next to me on the center console with the latest news headlines. I'm just driving here at 6.15 or so in the morning. About 626, actually. Some clown in the Biden administration had the audacity to try and link P. 
people who are speaking out against Biden's executive orders to white supremacy. I was reading something yesterday and it said, anyone who opposes Biden's moratorium on offshore drilling is obviously a racist white supremacist. What the hell does that have to do with racism and oil? I mean, what is the correlation? They'll pull that race card out anytime they think it suits them. And now, just like a pathological liar, the left, together as a group, just simply blurts out stupid terminology like systemic racism and white supremacists anytime they're at a loss for words. It's crazy. Come on, man! Two members of Joe Biden's cabinet who will have direct and profound effects on your price of gas, on your price of oil, on regulations that will require your cars to get better gas mileage, which on its face sounds good, but will certainly cause prices of your vehicles to go up in the future. They too are saying systemic racism is the cause of all of our woes in relation to energy. I'm telling you folks, Joe Biden and his team, his transition team, have put together a consortium of morons, a conglomeration of idiots. And it doesn't matter whether they're qualified or not. They took a guy who was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, a small town, who ran for president, Pete Buttigieg, or as I call him, Bootygigger. Pete Bootygigger is now being tapped to be the transportation secretary, a cabinet level position. The man has no experience in infrastructure building. He has no experience in transportation systems. He has no experience in moving a nation, only moving a little small sausage here and there. Ooh, did I say that? Yes, I did. The nation's first openly gay politician at a national level, Pete Bootygiggy, is going to be the transportation secretary. He's going to be the guy you'll be able to blame when the highways don't get built or when they get built in a shoddy fashion. But he's not the one out there pouring the concrete, Steve Z. Doesn't matter. They blame Donald Trump for all of the shit that went on with relation to people in government while he was president. But it's okay. Gropey Joe and Camel Toe will spend the next four years blaming Donald Trump for each and everything that goes wrong in the nation. They've taken the playbook out of the Barack Hussein, Barry Sotero, Obama playbook. Let me shift back to the mailbag for just a moment. I've also received on the uh, Truth Hurts program with Steve Z Facebook page, Steve Z-E-E, -E, if you'd like to look it up, get involved. I don't recommend getting on Facebook, but hey, it's your life. Do what you want to do. We have the page. It's part of our social media presence. The Steve Z Fakebook page 
is linked to Facebook Messenger, and one of those messages came across, and they wanted to know who I was referring to the other day on the program when I referred to two individuals in the White House known as pee pads and knee pads. Well, I'll explain that one to you. Pee pads, obviously, is the incontinent, inconsistent, mumbling, fumbling, stumbling, bumbling, crumbling, muttering, puttering, stuttering, fluttering, mopey, dopey, little girl gropey, Beijing Joe Biden. You know, at that age, it's hard to hold it in, I guess. Depends. <laughs> Sorry, pun intended. Knee pads, of course, refers to Camel Toe Harris, the woman who literally slept her way into every position she has ever gotten herself into. And yes, double entendre there, folks. Ta-da, a little bonus on the Truth Hurts program. She slept her way through this one and that one and up the ladder and up the ladder. And she won't sleep her way into the presidency because, well, pee pads. And... Jill Biden would probably tell that skank to go pound sand if she even tried. But she doesn't need to sleep her way beyond vice president. She will certainly find a subversive way to become the first female president of the United States. Which, by the way, should be no big deal, right? We're not supposed to see gender. We're not supposed to identify people by gender. That's what the Democrats say. Gender? is irrelevant. They don't want he's and she's and him's and hers. They want it's. And for lots of them, that's what they are. It. Just it. In a more and more androgynous society where men are not men and more like women, and women are not women and more like men, especially in the leftist socialist circles, the Democrat side of things, that's what they want. But you can bet your ass and I've seen it, they make every possible point, every chance they get to direct you to the fact that Camel Toe Harris is the first female vice resident of the United States of America. It's okay for them to point it out when it's convenient for them, but don't you dare point it out. Don't you dare. So, knee pads for her, pee pads for him. That's the answer to that question. Earlier I spoke about the meme that was running around of Chuckles Schumer making his gaffe, his faux pas, claiming that Donald Trump was responsible for his erection. And he meant insurrection. That was a funny meme. But the other meme that is sweeping America right now is the Bernie Sanders meme. There he was at the inauguration, sitting off 20-something feet away from everyone else, by himself, looking like a nursing home patient that had been left outside in the wheelchair in the snowstorm. Bernie Sanders, one of the guys who we all were pretty sure might be your next president, was sitting alone at the inauguration of mopey, dopey, gropey Joe Biden. And he was bundled up because it was cold outside. And he was wearing these knitted mittens. And he wore a blue face mask. 
as he sat in a folding chair, away from everyone, looking like the rejected, dejected, progressive politician. Remember, he was going to be instrumental in unifying the country. He was part and parcel of the Democrat machine that ushered Gropey Joe into the White House. But there he sat, all alone, rejected by his party, dejected look on his face. With his mittens. His people, clever people, have taken cutouts of the pictures of Bernie Sanders, and they've inserted them into memes, family photo albums, ski trips, the International Space Station, even in Sheldon's spot of the Big Bang Theory. It's hilarious. The Bernie Sanders meme, top trending on all freaking media platforms, social media, and yes, they've even shown a few of them on regular broadcast media. Sorry, folks, the intermittent pauses are generally due because the fact that it is Saturday morning, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of traffic today. People dodging and weaving in and out. People with boats and 18-wheeler drivers who are obviously texting and driving. Stay in your lane, buddy. Sometimes it causes me to have to pause for a moment, gather my thoughts while I'm trying to drive along, traverse our nation's highways. Next point, the roads. Oh, the roads and how crappy they are. You can tell the moment you leave Mississippi and enter Louisiana. Because Mississippi might be a back-asswards state when many of its lists, positions, positions on important lists like education and economics. Jesus, this road is horrible. I bring up Mississippi because last week I drove to the Mississippi Gulf Coast for a few moments. Take a look at the Gulf of Mexico and come on back home. Mississippi has got the smoothest, most well-maintained, organized, well-lit, well-marked, well-signed, smooth pavement interstates of just about any of the other states. Used to be Alabama. My God, at one time, Alabama, their road system, system rather, the interstate system through Alabama was unparalleled in our nation. But, of course, if you build something, you have to maintain it. And Alabama's laxed in their maintenance over the past few years. So there are some sections of interstate highways in Alabama now that I wouldn't give you $100 to drive me across. But like I said, as soon as you leave Mississippi and enter Louisiana, perhaps it's because the roads are built on swamp and marsh and gumbo, the difference is night and day. I am currently driving through Lafayette, Louisiana on what is supposed to be a transportation hub corridor proposed by presidents many, many years ago to help move energy products from other states across Louisiana and into Texas. And I'm telling you, this construction project is underway with many sections of the highway having been recently completely dug up and completely repaved. 
And yet, it's like driving in a third world country. Bumps and dips and humps and twists and narrower sections and wider sections and those god-awful concrete barriers that they have put up. The roads are horrible in Louisiana. Absolutely horrible. Thank you, Governor John Tinker Bell Edwards. Thanks for diverting funds away from highway and infrastructure and into programs like welfare and basketball. It's really helping out those of us who are working and paying the taxes to keep you and your stupid government moving. Hey folks, we're running a little long for a Saturday morning edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. I want to thank very, very much one of my loyal listeners, Mr. Jason and his lovely wife, Marilyn, for hosting dinner last evening. Very, very enjoyable time. Good friends, great conversation. And always, no matter how bad the world might seem to you, a big hearty smile and a bless you from my good friend Jason. Thank you very much, guys. I really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. And um, you guys go out there, all of you, and make it a great day. Have a great Saturday, a great weekend. And we'll see you on the next program. Bye for now. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Copyright 2020, Steve Knight Productions, all rights reserved. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. We'll see you next time.